Good evening, and welcome to yet another episode of The Last Knock, your friends in horror since 2013. I am one of your hosts, my name is Johnny Numb, and joining me, as always, is... Billy Crash. Absolutely, and as you well know, these are, well, it's it's they've come to feel like our real names, actually. <laughs> But tonight we're going to talk about a movie by a guy who goes by the last name Zombie, first name Rob. Because um, mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about, okay, it's April, perfect timing, am I right? Rob Zombie's 2007 film Halloween. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the whole reason this came up um, <clears throat> was uh, you texted me, Bill. And yes, you I said, did. and you said, oh, I watched Rob Zombie's Halloween. I was like, okay, where is this going? And you were like, <laughs> and, and you were like I liked it. And I was like, okay, all right. Uh, I I know you're not a big fan of his. Um, I know you like Lords of Salem, and so well, do I. So um, I think it's one of the best horror films ever made, and I will fight tooth and nail till the end of time with that one. <laughs> <laughs> so. So yeah, Bill. Uh, let me just ask you, like, what led you to what led you to Rob Zombie's Halloween? I know it dropped on, I think it was Netflix not too long ago. Yeah, well, that was part of it, and I know people like uh, fans of you know John Carpenter's 1978 Halloween. They hate it, yeah, you know, for the most part. And I'm like, and I was sort of intrigued, but not really that much. And then it was available, and I'm like, why not? You know, and I watched it, and I texted you and Palco. <laughs> at Palco Designs, and I was like, yeah, I liked it. It was, uh, you know, I gave him the reasons being. I think I gave you some reasons, too. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I was, uh, it's funny, like, I love the Rob Zombie movies that other people hate. So I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea what the fuck's going on. <laughs> well, I think, I think something that you said, Bill, kind of uh, ties into maybe why the two of us like the film is that, you know, neither one of us, despite our efforts, are, are fans of the, you know, John Carpenter's 1978 film, which I realize is blasphemy because most people view it as a, you know, view it as one of the essential or integral horror films of all time. It's a classic. How can you not yep. like a classic? Because you don't have to like a classic, you sheep motherfucker. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> sort of it's sort of like the phenomenon with me and the shining it's like i just yeah. i try I, I try but as much yeah. as i try i just cannot get into that movie um you don't have so, to yeah yeah so i think because uh, i saw i saw how this rob zombies halloween when it came out in theaters and mm-hmm. so it's it's going to be 15 in august um yeah and i was really following you know i've gotten away from doing this because it really can diffuse your expectations for a movie but i was like reading a lot of stuff about it um Mm -hmm. and listening to a lot of interviews in advance of it premiering because i'm like i don't like carpenter's film if anything i think rob zombie will at least bring some sort of interesting take to it you know and maybe, just maybe, I might wind up liking this thing because it's not John Carpenter's film, um, because it's a different mm-hmm. spin on this, you know, this boogeyman who's just kind of been run into the ground with, you know, 
bad sequel after bad sequel. You know? Yeah. So, so I think that helped kind of going in. And then when I watched it, I was like, yeah, this is, this is pretty darn good. It's, I don't want to say it was what I expected of Rob Zombie because some of it wasn't what I was expecting from him. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, I was like, this is kind of what I, I wanted from Carpenter's film, but kind of what Carpenter didn't give. Well, yeah. And it's funny that you say that because, you know, I, I liked, I I liked John Carpenter. I loved the thing. I loved Mm -hmm. Prince of Darkness. I love big trouble in little China and, you know, escape from New York's a fun as shit and the fog and all this stuff. You know, uh, I really, you know, like John Carpenter a lot. Um, but with Halloween and I'm, I was a kid, I was a kid with fucking hair and everything <laughs> and I'm watching Halloween and I'm like bored because it's like, Oh, I know what's going to happen. The way the music picked up, yep. you know, and it wasn't like jaws where you heard the music, but you didn't know where the shark was coming from. Cause the shark could come from a 360 degree radius outside the frame. Yeah. Michael Myers. Oh, I guess he's behind the door. Oh, there he is. You know, it's like, wow, shocker. And um, how do you learn how to drive? Dr. Loomis is the worst doctor in the universe. Um, You know, all this crazy shit. And uh, it was just and it's like, oh, and now he's immortal at the end of the film. Mm -hmm. And that's why I hate the other movies, because he can age, but he's immortal. Like, what what the hell is going on? Um, But what I did notice right off the bat from watching this was like. The, the filmmakers who did Halloween Kills must have been inspired by Rob Zombies because of the level of the gore, the intensity, oh, the, yeah. you know, the the drama. Um, it's like, yeah, we want to make we, – we don't want this to be like, oh, slasher. We want this to have some uh, meat to it and, and blood. And um, yeah, so I saw that inspiration right there. So, um, Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, Bill, I think uh, <clears throat> I think you know Rob Zombie is always kind of, uh, he, he, with the exception of Lords of Salem, he's always been kind of fascinated by human monsters. So I think, yeah, 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 you know, despite the fact that his his dialogue is very crude around the edges, not around the edges, it's right in front of your face, spit, <laughs> s- spitting at you, all, all those f bombs, yeah. Um, but but you know what I mean. It's kind of like, despite all of that, he really does for for me in in the his two Halloween movies. He really humanizes the characters in a way that, you know, Carpenter's original just wanted him to be the boogeyman. That's fine. Right. Right. But I kind of like how Rob Zombie is actually more interested in well well how did the monster get to be the monster, you know, was, was the monster born a monster or was he, was he influenced? (laughs) Well, yeah, exactly. Um, but, but it's more like there's this greater interest in character, which to me makes the story more interesting, more interesting than just kind of writing it off as, okay, he's pure evil. He's the boogeyman. He'll never die. Okay. Next I'm bored. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was just thinking that evil dies tonight. Like how I am fucking like, dude, look, anyway, um, it doesn't die tonight, Bill, because there's still one more movie in that. Trilogy. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> evil dies sometime soon. Say it with me. Um, <laughs> sometime in 2022, 23. Yeah. <clears throat> may, maybe possibly anyway. Maybe. Um, 
Well, that's what I liked about this was, um, you know, the thing with sociopaths is uh, the rule of thumb is one out of every 23 people are sociopaths. Mm-hmm. You know, um, any autocratic leader, um, you know, Putin, yeah. scumbag, war criminal. Um, right. Like the like this one guy held up a sign and said, let's get to the part where you're in the bunker and you shoot yourself. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm all for that. And... Um, you know, um, the, the thing is, you know, sociopaths aren't made. They are born that way. And it was interesting in the film because I'm like, oh, don't try and give us a reason why the kid the way he is. But mm-hmm. what they did was like you didn't know because, you know, William Forsythe, you know, played like the, the worst stepdad in the world. Oh, yeah. what a dick. And yeah. um, <laughs> and he really did have a bad leg at the time. So that was, you know, that was perfect that he, you know, he left the cast on for him. And shit. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. um. You know, it's like, was he picking on Michael because Michael was like a, a free killing animals and stuff? Or, you know, like you don't, you didn't know like the chicken or the egg kind of thing, but you could pretty much, you know, I, I there has to be, the kid had to be born with things because mm-hmm. if everybody, it's like, oh no, people can become sociopaths. The way our world is right now Half the planet, one out of every two people would be a sociopath and we would be done for as a species. So, you know, that's not, you know, the case. Um, But uh, um, so I I liked what they were doing with that. And they were trying to make, you know, Dr. Loomis not totally incompetent and pathetic, (laughs) uh, which was great. Um, I like that a lot as well. Um, Well. You know, Bill, something I think is interesting about the about the movie is, you know, <clears throat> who's Michael's dad? His dad's out of the picture. And Satan. We ne- we, yeah, we never learn. Satan. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like it's almost like the the thing we were talking about years ago when we talked about Lords of Salem. How the very opening shot of that film is Sherry Moon in the passenger seat of a car, but you never see the driver, and you were like. Satan is my co-pilot. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's a, that's a, that's an interesting thing that, uh, that zombie did. And he doesn't, there's no comment or anything about, you know, who the dad was, why he's not in the picture anymore. It's just, the film just starts with that trashy breakfast table scene. And it just goes from there. Kind of, it's like, that's, it's this fucking mess, you know? Oh I, yeah, absolutely. A, a whole shit storm of like, the worst family in America kind of thing, you know, or, or not the worst, but like trying and failing miserably. You know? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you, you have some of, you have some of the stuff like, uh, I think, I think something I wrote about this film when it came out was like, it's, it's serial killer one Oh one kind of is, well, you know, you're, you're torturing and killing animals, yeah. um, at, at a young age. Um, and then, okay, you're bullied at school, and and there's a whole segment, you know, that goes through young Michael being tormented, and Richard Lynch is the scariest school principal ever. I love um, him. I was so happy I got to meet him, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah, and you know, then then it's it's just kind of, it's just kind of interesting because uh, the scene after Michael goes trick or treating by himself, I was thinking about this today because I knew we were going to be talking about it. Just like how he comes back, her his sister's upstairs banging her boyfriend. He's just sitting down at the kitchen table eating his candy, and then he just gets up 
and decides to get a knife out of the drawer. I know, and I thought I, that was perfect. <laughs> yeah, I actually kind of love. I kind of love how like there's no uh, there's no pretense. There's no deranged style voiceover explaining mm. why he's doing what he's doing. It's right. just like he just got up and he just got that knife, and now he's gonna go to work. Yeah, and boy, did he grow up big! <laughs> <laughs> what are they feeding them in that fucking institution? Holy shit! I think I think there's a whole other movie that's like a it's sort of like a women in prison only a Michael and institution movie where they're feeding him growth hormones or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Some some sort of lost Jack Hill movie where <laughs> <laughs> where he's getting injected with steroids and then he just booms up into this you know almost seven foot tall giant by the time we see him last. Oh my god, yeah, and uh, yeah. poor poor Danny Trejo, you know, it's like. Oh yeah, well, Michael, it was nice to you. Ah, you know, it's like, oh man, that's a sociopath for you right there. Michael's a sociopath doesn't matter, you know. Um, well, Mikey, gotta put these cuffs on you, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, here, here again is something that's interesting about uh, about the uh, you know what zombie does. I think is okay. What what are we used to seeing, Danny Trejo? play in a movie he's always playing the bad bad guy, guy. He's, he's, that was beautiful i love that yeah and here, here yeah here here you're depicting him as this you know kind of un, unassuming janet janitor staff guy and he's just he's a nice guy and he he, fe- he feels bad for this kid because you know michael's just a kid yep you know and uh, you know i just watched him in an episode of brooklyn 99 the other mm-hmm. night with my with uh, with my girlfriend and i was like even in that, he's playing like a disapproving father figure. So, so here, it's just interesting that this guy who you know as you know he served hard time, and then he turned himself around and became an actor, and he's got all these tattoos and everything, yep. and he's and he's got that rough looking face. To to cast him as like the nicest guy in the movie is really, <laughs> it I was, loved it. Was, was really kind of brilliant. I thought, yeah. No, I agree with you there completely. It was it was so great to see. You know, nah, dude, you're not typecast, man. You know, I'm gonna give you, a, I'm gonna give you a part. You're gonna, you know, th- that you're gonna like and enjoy, and uh, so that was really cool. But yeah. um, that was probably probably the only thing where I was like cringing was the whole, you know, I knew like, you know, we're, I'm not giving anything away. Like sure. you're mov- you're moving a prisoner. Gee, what's gonna happen? This is where Michael makes his escape, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, like he's surrounded by like what fifty people? No, it's like five, six people, and it's like you know, come on. Um, <laughs> I had issues with that. That was like the only. I mean, you know, obviously this isn't like a. It wasn't a four star movie for me, but it gets really close. Yeah. And considering yeah. that I gave the original Halloween one and a half stars, I think that says a lot. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, it was really cool. I was entertained, man. I didn't fast forward, fall asleep, nothing. Yeah, did you how how did you feel, Bill? I guess because it's kind of uh, you know a lot of a lot of people have said that this is kind of like three movies in one or two movies in one. It's like you have uh, you have a section that's devoted to the kind of the origin, you know, the events leading up to Michael's, you know, initial killing spree when he's a kid, and then you skip ahead, you know, or you 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 have some time with him in the at Smith's Grove. And then from there you like jump ahead 15 years. And then it's like, 
and the, and the transfer and all of that. So did you feel that the, uh, did you feel that they did a good job of, uh, I don't want to say condensing, but do you feel that each kind of section of the film got enough time for, uh, adequate exploration oh yeah absolutely you know if you yeah you know now that you mention it you know it's it's almost like hey the michael myers anthology come (laughs) join us and it's like ah and um bring your own blood um and yeah i i thought they did a really wonderful job in fact that's why i really enjoyed it because i'm like i was like holy shit rob zombie's really trying to build a story here Mm -hmm. you know and 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 as i'm watching it i'm like it was almost as if for the people who don't like Halloween were taking into account like, you know, the story elements that were sorely lacking, you know, mm-hmm. from the film yeah. and um, the ineptitude of, uh, you know, um, Dr. Loomis and well, everybody else pretty much. And uh, um, yeah. So I like that. That's why I got into it. I was like this. He's really trying to do something here. And I'm like, holy crap. And uh, I, I, I just really enjoyed it. I liked the way it was shot. Um, I liked the grit. I liked the, you know, the yeah. surprises where it's like, oh, like in the first movie and like with most slasher films, it's like, oh, I can't wait to see that kid over there get killed <laughs> by Freddy or whoever the fuck it is because, you know, that's what the movie's about. It's a joke. It's tongue, tongue in cheek. You know, slasher movies are usually like so pathetic to me. Um, in that regard. And, um, and that's why like movies like peeping Tom really get to me like, Oh, oh yeah. you know, uh, yeah. from 1960. And so I'm watching this and it's like, Oh man, I hope he doesn't kill this guy. Oh, he's fucking putting a knife through his head. And I'm like, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. and it's like, damn. And that was really good because in the first movie, I didn't care if he got stabbed. I didn't yeah. care if he got like, you know, wrecked. Who cared? I mean, there, there were nothing. They were like, most of the people were just like, okay, like they're nice, maybe, but they're off a shelf and they're going to get, you know, creamed. Like, so what? But here, like each character, like there was something to them, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, the stepfather, Dick, oh, he's gone. Yay. Um, but the other people like, oh, he, he wouldn't do this to, oh, he is. He's killing that person. I can't believe it. Man, yeah. he really is a sociopath. I was like, holy shit. And I thought that was great because like I cared a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I agree with you, Bill. Um, I think, uh, you know, Zombie is known for his, he loves to cherry pick like actors who maybe haven't had a heyday in a while, but are really recognizable and sticking them in his movies to kind of give them those, even if it's just like for one scene, kind of giving them that chance to shine again. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really like that about this film because a lot of people when it came out they were saying oh man it's so distracting when so and so shows up because it's like so and so and i'm like well are you really watching the movie it's like oh he's, yeah he's giving these he's giving these characters even the smallest characters little wrinkles of personality that do to what you said invest you in their fate um and and that's what i liked about this Mm-hmm. Movie. And that's what I liked about uh, his other Halloween movie as well, um, because he, he really he, he takes a little bit of time to give us a little bit of shading on the characters. And he doesn't just write the typical, you know, bored teenagers having sex. They're going to get right. k- killed because of their negligence sort of thing. Um, and, you know, something else 
maybe we could talk about is just how zombie does his violence, which is more, it's not as stylized. I feel like saying as Mm. a lot of horror directors, he's more like you mentioned earlier, Bill, the aesthetic of the film is more gritty and sort of grimy sort of. And I think he brings some of that to the way he shoots the violence of the film too. It's, it's a bit, not not a bit clumsy, but a bit rough, a bit ugly. It's not like you're not meant to kind of sit and think, oh, that's really cool that, you know, D. Wallace just got thrown through a coffee table kind of thing. You know, it's, it's yeah. more like, oh, man, this is awful. You know, you're watching this just like feeling maybe not to the extent that you feel helpless watching Irreversible. But, you know, you know, watching this, it's like, oh, my God, I can't do anything to help these people. They're going to get killed. And what, you know, I just got to sit here and, and watch it. And it's as, you know, it's it's for a mainstream film. I think it is pretty ugly. And I kind of admire that about no about, about how he stages the violence in the film. You no, know? absolutely. And I think um, I think we could phrase it this way. It's under choreographed. You know, yes, uh, yeah. which I really like. I mean, yeah, when you're watching action films and stuff like that and, you know, Jackie Chan's doing his shit and that's friggin' great, you know, yeah. and that's all choreographed and that's really cool. But there's times where it's like, you know, like after a while, the reality is just sucked out of the movie because it's like, would two guys be fighting like this? Um, yeah. You know, fighting's nasty. If you've ever been in a fight, it's like all emotion and, ah, you know, and just like, um, unless you're like trained. Um, you know, that's different, but, um, yeah. So that's what I liked about this too. It was just, there was like this, uh, naked brutality element to it. That was uh, really, really wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like, uh, and it was the same. I think that's why I liked the movie, the raid, um, yeah. so much because, you know, that movie was friggin' relentless, but oh, yeah. the cool thing about the violence was it's martial arts, but it wasn't like really super stage choreographed martial arts. It wasn't, it was almost like. You know, the scene from Old Boy, you know, where he's going down the yeah. hallway with the hammers. You know, it's like, holy shit, what the hell is this? You know, it's like, damn. And, you know, I just loved that. It was it was more visceral. It was more raw and um, more honest. So I, 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 I like that. And that's what I saw in Halloween Kills. You know, when it, I was like, yeah, yeah was where, gonna, where was, was this movie? Ask, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I was going to ask you, Bill, since you mentioned that before, what did you think of Halloween Kills? I liked it. Okay. Yeah. It's it's like the first Halloween movie I I, I enjoyed, you know, um, really because it wasn't it wasn't hokey. It wasn't this. Oh, like Boogeyman. Like the Boogeyman has such like a, a late. Like it's like that's something little kids are supposed to be scared of, you know. And it's like, uh, but like the Michael Myers and Halloween Kills and the Michael Myers in Rob Zombie's film. Yeah, you should be scared of that shit. You know, like, you know, there, there's justification, you know? Um, yeah, and I, think, and I think they're, I think the, the two, the, the two Michaels are scary for different reasons, which I think is also a sign of zombie success and then David Gordon Green's success with Halloween kills, you know? Yeah, David Gordon Green, I mean, I love what he did where, like, he showed this thing where, first of all, he incorporated for the first time Season of the Witch. Halloween three, he made sure that that got a fucking shout out in his movie. Yeah. Um, and the cool, the other cool thing that I really liked was like when Michael's footsteps disappear, it's like fucking finally, you know, someone like, you know, he's addressing the shit that people like me and maybe you like really hate. It's like, 
Yeah. You know, and uh, I really enjoyed that. And um, uh, and, and Rob Zombie, like, you know, let's let's keep it, you know, let's keep it a little, you know, uh, it wasn't so much fun, but, I, you know, my, my heart was skipping a beat a little bit because it's like, it wasn't like everybody was disposable and all. It's like, no, I like that person, <laughs> you know? And yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. no, why has he got to be a dick? Oh, he's an asshole. Michael's an <laughs> asshole. Um, like, blow his head off. Um, so that's yeah. what I, I really enjoyed with that. And there was just something... You know, frightening with the, you know, and with the masks and all, you know, there was, it was, it was, there was a grit there and his size, man, like you said, seven foot tall. Jeez, man. Guy's, yeah, Ty- guy's yeah. fucking huge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tyler Maine is a hulk of a man. Yeah, I, I, he I, is. I, yeah. I've met him before. So, um, yeah, de- definitely. Um, so Bill, you were talking about, uh, and you know, I think I have, I think I have a rationale for this, but. I like Donald Pleasance as an actor. Oh, I do too. I love him, man. He's one of my favorites. Yeah, and it's and it's like I, I sometimes think, you know, I think the reason I don't like Carpenter's Halloween is not it's not Pleasance's fault. It's just he didn't have enough to work with, I don't think, as a character in that movie. Well, or that, as an yeah. actor. Yeah. Well that was it. It was like the shittiest fucking therapist on earth. He was like this, he's awful. Yeah, like, it's like what the hell? Oh, Michael, it's like what? What? What's wrong with you, man? You know, he's just like that's why I like Malcolm McDowell a little. You know, he he was like, you know, how can I get in there and help this kid? You know, and how can I tweak it or like, oh man, you know, he's really bad. You need to like, you know, make sure that uh, that you stay away from him. And that's what I loved. Like the first thing is when he, you know, when. Michael escaped. He's like going, he's going to Haddonfield. He's like, no, you don't get it. He's coming here and I'm buying a fucking gun. You know, it's like, yeah, I loved it. He's like, I know my patient. I know my patient needs to die because he's not in those walls, you know? And I was like, dad, that's it. Yeah. That's the therapist I fucking want. Yeah. And and it's great. And it's like, I, I I love how they, uh, you know, introduce him at the, at that childhood stage too. Like he, he, comes to the principal's office with his long scraggly Rob Zombie-ish hair. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like, and, and even then it's like, they're, they're going through the, the serial killer checklist of like, there's picture, there's a dead cat in Michael's book bag. There's pictures of dead animals that he's taken and mm-hmm. ostensibly killed himself, <laughs> you know? And I think Malcolm McDowell, you know, I know Donald Pleasance had a pretty prolific career before he passed, but I think Malcolm McDowell might have might have him beat in terms of just the sheer volume of movies he's been in. Yeah. But I think there's something I like. Uh, Donald Pleasance can be a bit stiff, I think, you know, and I for Loomis, I understand that because he's kind of this rigid presence, I think. Yeah, I think that's um, his uh, original theater, you know, the stage acting coming through sometimes. I can see that. Okay. Yeah. You know, um, and Malcolm McDowell, I think is like, he's getting into Peter O'Toole territory where it's like, <laughs> give me a shot. I'll whatever, whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. Take five. I don't give a shit, you know? And I'm not saying, I mean, I love Malcolm McDowell. I always have from, get, oh, yeah. you know, he's, he's like, yeah, I'll do get crazy. What does that say about Malcolm McDowell? I mean, it's like, he's fucking cool as shit, you know? So. Yeah. And it's like the thing with him is that, uh, you know, whereas, you know, some more 
you know, he's been in some he's been in some high profile movies through the years. But I think going back to even a Clockwork Orange or If from like 1968, it's like there's this there's this sort of uh, impishness to Malcolm yeah. McDowell that I kind of like, and there's an elasticity to his yes expression that I think really serves the Loomis character well, kind of like early on. And then you kind of see him get older and he becomes more, you know, he gets a close cropped haircut and he has the close cropped beard and everything that's, that's snow white and all that. And I kind of like that. You see this in addition to kind of this progression of his character, like emotionally and mentally, you kind of see this change from kind of the spring to autumn of life kind yeah, of thing yeah, yeah. this character too. Like he's aging right alongside Michael and, you know, in some ways it's kind of like once he escapes, it's like, Oh, it's like, I'm too old for this shit, but nobody else can do this. So I got to do it. Yeah. 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 You know? So no, definitely. Um, yeah, this, uh, I'm, I really enjoyed the movie because of what everybody brought to it. Like, like, you know, going back to what you were saying, there's so many names in this movie. Yes. But it wasn't like, I was like, oh, that's Brad Dorff. That's great. And like, you know, it was, I liked what they all brought to the parts, the parts that they played, you know, Udo Kier, Clint Howard, fucking Bill Mosley, Leslie Easterbrook, my God. Yeah. You know, um, even, you know, Scout Taylor Compton, you know, as Laurie Strode, I was like, I liked her Laurie Strode, you know, Um, I thought it was really cool. You know, you know, you know Bill, Wallace, geez, it keeps going on. Ken Foray, man. Big Joe Grizzly. Boom. <laughs> Sorry. Sid Haig. He's, he's, yeah. Yeah. Ken Foray has that iconic scene where he totally kills it in a truck stop bathroom. Um, oh, yeah, he does. And Mickey <laughs> Dolan's is like the gun owner. <laughs> and, the, you know, Sid Haig, of course. Uh, Danny Roebuck, man. Oh, oh, I, I love... know you like him. Yeah. Yeah. I've met him a couple times, you know, um, uh, which is great. Um, I met he's, him in one... the, he's, he's in zombies second Halloween too. Yeah. I know. And if I could make my movie, um, a SAG production, I, there's one role that's perfect for him, but, uh, Ooh. yeah, I, yeah. I'm going to need, I'm going to need a lot. <laughs> I'm going to need more, mo money, mo money, mo money to make that happen. Sybil but... Danning is the nurse. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, you know what, Bill? I just uh, I just watched her the other the other day in this movie called L.A. Bounty, where she plays a bounty hunter going after <laughs> going after Wings fucking Hauser. That's who ah, going after Wings Hauser. Yes, Z- yeah, that's Z- gold. Zombie needs to. I think I think he's still alive. Zombie needs to put him in a movie. Man. Oh hell yeah! Oh Wings Hauser, man. He awesome. he is he he is so fuck. He, even as a good guy, he's so fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> when you see him as a bad guy, forget about it. He's off the charts. But as a good guy, it's like wow. He, oh, he's just as man. good of a good guy as he is a bad guy. So. Oh, I like that. I like your brain, man. That's good. Yeah, I've been I've been on a Wings Hauser kick lately for some reason. Maybe because I'm just discovering how awesome his 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 movies are. But uh, but but you know it's it's interesting, Bill. Like I didn't see that dis- like oh I wasn't distracted by Sybil Danning. I wasn't distracted by you know Danny yeah. Trejo or D. Wallace. It was like he he gives. It's not like he's trotting him out for just like to to kind of wave at the camera and then walk you know off. Kind of it's it's like. He's given him stuff to do, and you know, getting back to Scott Taylor Taylor Compton, mm-hmm. there's a scene I love in this movie where it's Halloween night, and it's okay. It's Scout, 
it's uh, Dee Wallace as her mom, and it's Pat Skipper as her dad, and they're just sitting on the the front porch, and they're just talking. Yes. You, you know, and it's like uh, Dee Wallace is talking about this little, you know, this cute little costume she wore as a child, and Lori's like, I don't remember it. I was like, if anything, I was like a zombie ballerina, and... You know, they're just these great moments. And, you know, Laurie then gets picked up by Annie, played by Danielle Harris, mm-hmm. you know, yep. who's, re- who's returning from the original series timeline. Um, and then then it's like D. Wallace and Pat Skipper just sitting there talking. And it's like, you know, <laughs> she's like, well, we got to talk about going on vacation. And Pat, Pat Skipper's like, I hate going on vacation. Why can't we just stay home? You yep. know, it's like it's just like these little tiny exchanges that lend the film a little little bit of extra authenticity, I think. And that's yes. like and and that sort of stuff is kind of I feel is a little bit out was at the time outside of Rob Zombie's wheelhouse. He's trying to kind of in some ways he was retaining kind of his uh the stuff he did in like devil's rejects in terms of tone kind of and violence but here he is kind of trying to bring his style to suburbia in this sort of way and i think he succeeds kind of in sort of uh <laughs> mm-hmm. give it giving the zombie touch to some of these uh suburban scenes even though it's kind of far removed from the hillbilly stuff that he was kind of doing with a house of a thousand corpses and devil's rejects yeah and i like you know when you said authenticity it's like can you imagine sitting on your porch having like this little like small exchange and like and and then you know friggin' like you know butcher knives come through your head oh my god yeah it's crazy yeah it's like oh i didn't see that coming and and then you know again you know it's little things like that it's like oh i could care about that character now because i could relate to that character and it's like michael leave him alone no ah you know it's like you bastard i hate you exactly Um, yeah Oh man. Well, yeah. and I think, and I think that's, uh, yeah, something, something else that's interesting, Bill is I'm thinking based on what you've said so far, Netflix has the, I guess, theatrical R rated version of this because the sequence where Michael escapes is different in the, uh, quote unquote director's cut. Oh really? Yeah. And, uh, Oh, there's there's a bit more stuff at the uh, sanitarium with young Michael. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, and there's there's a it's it's I you know like I said to you I've uh, watched this movie countless times through the years and I like it a lot. Um, I think some of it, something that's kind of disillusioning when you look through the the deleted scenes on the Blu-ray is. I think it's the Merrimax dimension factor and, Mm. you know, Wes Craven would say that, you know, he, he went through a horrible experience on the movie cursed, even though it sounded like he didn't have too bad of an experience during the scream films with the dimension. Mm -hmm. But uh, it seems like Rob Zombie might've had some problems with uh, having to do reshoots of stuff. Um, So I'm, I'm kind of impressed that the movie holds up like it does because I, I think some of the stuff in the version that's out there is, was not his first choice for how he wanted certain things to go. Um, hmm. So, but I mean, I'm kind of like, oh, it's like all things considered. I think, I think it's, I still think it's a good movie. And I think, uh, I think he really put his personal stamp on 
the film, and, I, and this is what drives me crazy about the, the internet these days, and it was just as bad back then as it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like, at first it was like, oh man, Rob Zombie is doing a version of his own version of Halloween. I'm excited. Then it comes out and it's like, it's not like John Carpenter's version. It sucks. I'm like, well, what What do you want? Exactly. You know? You know <laughs> Seriously, what do you want? I, well, that's it. That's part of it. And the whole, you know, the other thing is, um, like, when I hear a band covering another band's song, mm-hmm. I want it to be, I want a different arrangement. I yeah. want them to own it in their own way and present it in a way that wasn't heard before. I remember so many people, like, hating higher ground when mm-hmm. red hot chili peppers did it they did their cover of the stevie wonder song uh-huh. stevie wonder song fantastic red hot chili peppers fantastic and it's yeah. like on acid they did it and it's like it's like wow and it's great and it's like that's what i want i don't want them to like oh my god that sounded like the stevie wonder version like why who'd want that you yeah. know i want yeah. you know, stevie wonder stevie wonder red hot chili peppers are the red hot chili peppers you know, I listened to the Stranglers. They did the, a version of Walk On By mm-hmm. by, you know, um, Dionne Warwick. Yeah. And it's epic. It's like, you know, it's like, damn. You know, <laughs> and, um, you know, I recently picked up a tribute to Gang of Four because mm-hmm. Warpaint was on it. And um, I'm like, oh, that was enough for me. And um, <laughs> yeah. so I get it. And I'm listening to all these songs and only only one, only one artist Gary Newman. Whoa. Gary Newman took a Gang of Four song and he crushed it. Wow. He took it and he said, "I'm tr- this is a tribute to them, Gary Newman style, and I'm going to like, you know, and he knocked it out of the park. <laughs> Not down in the park, <laughs> but he knocked it out. Oh. And yeah, thank you. Um, and that was really cool. He was like the only one who like really sat down and took the song and said, how can I make this, you know, different? How can I really like show the band respect by not repeating? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's, you know, that that's what I look for. I mean, there's certain remakes, uh, you know, I like better than the originals. There's some that I like that are equal to the original. Same oh, yeah. thing with books, you know, Interview with the Vampire, Anne Rice. Love it. Do I love the movie? Yes, I do. I love mm-hmm. them equally. Um, yeah. The Haunting of Hill House, Shirley Jackson, The Haunting, 1963, oh, yeah. you know, the... Um, Robert Wise uh, film. They complement each other yeah. perfectly. It's beautiful. I love it. And yeah. um, but just to like write something off, like yeah, I am sick of remakes. You know, I am. And it's not that Hollywood has run out of ideas. It's because they don't want to spend money on something new and take a chance. Halloween worked. It's going to work again. New kids. They don't know shit. We'll spit it out. And you know, the horror community. As much as horror community says. I'm the, I, I hate remakes. You're the first one in the damn seat. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I took me, this came out, what, 2007? Took me Fif- 15 years. 15 friggin' years to watch this thing. And, you know, it's like, if you don't want remakes, don't go to them. Hollywood well, will stop. You, you know, and some, something that's interesting, Bill, is that, uh, <clears throat> you know, for as much as I, I like Zombies Halloween, I, I think in a lot of ways his sequel actually it it feels more like his it, it feels more like his film because he's kind of free from the associations with Carpenter in a mm. way. And I think that's I, I think in addition to that making the sequel more reviled um by a lot of people, 
I think there are a lot of voices in the wilderness who are like, this is actually a really good movie that uh, kind of explores the uh, the psychological effects of PTSD and trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that's one of the reasons why I like it. I mean, if you, to me, it's like I felt even more for the character of Lori and Annie. Um, so I, I, and I think that's something that I can attribute to Halloween kills as well. It's like, as kind of a well it's the the middle section of a trilogy but still it's a sequel in its own right and i feel like it's a lot less beholden to what came before and i think that's another reason why i like that one so much is because they're not trying to you know they're not trying to redo carpenter that was the that that was the 2018 film even though they were calling it a sequel Mm -hmm. you know this you know halloween kills was more like its own thing and that's kind of what i liked about it um you know and maybe it's because they were kind of tonally striking some of those zombie notes in terms of the violence and uh, some of the characterization that it resonated more with me so yeah there is that too yeah no i get it that's great man um yeah no now i can't wait to see uh rob zombies halloween 2 electric boogaloo man <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like it's like you'll either like it or you'll you'll hate it. It's it's definitely a divisive, a divisive film. But I was like, well, I did see I, part of it, and I liked what I saw. Oh, okay, all right. I liked well, what I saw a lot. The hospital scene. Oh yeah, at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, for some reason, I didn't get a chance to watch the rest of it, and I'm like, this is this is this good. Yeah. So, and, um, I, and I think another thing, and I'm not going to talk extensively about it but i'll just say this i feel like halloween 2 has brad dorf's best performance in it he's he he is he is so good in halloween 2 um just he's he's been good in a lot of stuff but it might be one of his best performances ever i think so yeah and you know what bringing up brad dorf um yeah i don't understand how you know, he was up for Best Supporting Actor for One Flew Over to Cuckoo's Nest because he played Billy. Mm-hmm. Good name. Good name. Um, oh, yeah. um, and he was brilliant. He didn't get it. I forgot who he lost to. But yeah, it's like, like what happened to his management team and all? It's like, you know, it's great to see him in so many wonderful horror movies and stuff and to see him in some of these great, you know, B-movie sci-fis and stuff like that. But he's another one of those people who should have had a stronger career, who deserved a stronger career because of his ability. And, you know, and that, that always bugs me that he was like, you know, just, uh, yeah, he's, I, f- I feel like he sort of kind of went through the Ted Levine thing where he was just getting yeah. t- typecast as a crazy because he played in, you know, Billy. Yeah. I mean, he played Billy. I mean, Ted Levine played Buffalo Bill. So yep. he was kind of, he was kind of stuck. He was kind of stuck for different reasons, uh, on yeah. that kind of people wanted to typecast him as serial killers and stuff like that. And, Brad Dorf has always kind of had this kind of wild Nicholas Cagey kind of energy that he's always kind of on the cusp of unleashing. So maybe that's, that's, that's why I don't know. I feel bad because he, he does really, he actually does really good nuanced work in the Rob Zombie Halloween films, I think. Yeah. Um, no, I know what you mean. And you just automatically reminded me of, um, of Nicholas Hope who played Bubby in bad boy, Bubby. Oh yeah, um, yeah, which is yeah. a brilliant, brilliant movie. That's a five star friggin' movie to me. And it's um, it's something, yeah. Man, that first act is 
that's pure horror. And, um, <laughs> and you know, he said, oh, man, I, like, that, that's like the only role I could get, you know, and it's like, and it was a shame, you know, because you don't see enough of him because he's got so much ability. But um, yeah, that's the, the, yeah, that's the one thing you know him for. I, I, I can't. I need to look at his IMDb to see if I've seen him in anything else. Yeah, um, but uh, it's man, I can't wait to see it now just because of that. Brad Dorf is always just brilliant, you know. And um, when he did Deadwood, he was just this doctor. I was just so glad he finally landed something like William Sanderson, you know, something solid and just like, mm, and people are praising, you know, the move, the the show, and him and his performance as well as everybody else on there. And it was so cool to see them get the recognition that these are, they all deserve for being great actors. Bill yeah. was, uh, was, was Brad Dorff a recurring character on that show? I still haven't watched it. Oh my God. I, I know. Jesus Christmas, I, man. Yes. He was recurring. He was the doctor of Deadwood. Okay. All right. Brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. And you'll see a lot of other people in there and you'll be like, Holy crap, these people were on here and they were all awesome. But they're, you know, relegated to like, you know, uh, living the actor's life of like, you know, I can't like name my own price. You know, it's like, you know, I can't do a movie for like, you know, $20 million like Will Smith used to be able to do. Uh And um, uh I'm sorry, I hope he doesn't slap me for that. Um, But, um, well, you, you know, Bill, here's, here, here's, here's something that kind of, it kind of rubs my rhubarb in a way is cause <laughs> we, we love, you know, for example, we love these character actors, you know, a lot of them popping mm-hmm. up in Rob Zombie films, you know, we love Tony Todd and he's, yes. you know, we've sp- spoken so often about how good of an actor he is, but yep. too often you don't see him getting like roles like in the man from earth or Candyman. It's, it's like he's showing up for two or three minutes and this is, I feel like this is why these actors are showing up in like so many movies is because two to three minutes isn't paying the bills, you know? Yeah. It, you know, it does a little bit, but you know, they all deserve leads. I mean, Tony, you know, Tony Todd, you know, he's, he has a theater background. Oh yeah. He's a dramatic yeah. actor. And if you watch man from earth and it's like, Tony Todd is killing it. Like he did in Candyman. I mean, Candyman, yeah. like he was, he was impressive. It was just like, Whoa, what's going on here? You know, him and Virginia Madsen, it was, Oh yeah, yeah. I wish they had done more movies together. Um, yeah, the chemistry between them was fantastic. Yeah, it's just phenomenal. it's just kind of and I, and I think sometimes you know maybe Tony Todd kind of got got fell into that fell into that sort of oh he's Candyman so we're just gonna kind of put him in all these horror movies now. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad, and that's another great remake. You know, he was in the remake Night of the Living Dead, which was fantastic. Oh yeah, you know yeah. Tom Savini did it. You know, and he like he cranked it up. He did some things that George Romero couldn't do even though he had like filmed certain things like you know the the zombies hanging from the trees because there were so many there were lynchings going on down south and he didn't want to like emulate that in any way um, which was brilliant um on his part and you know it was disgusting to know that that shit still happens and um you know you know it was great what he did you know and uh another remake yeah and again it's like and, and i liked how he he flipped Barbara from, you know, sort of this ner- <laughs> nervous wreck to this, like, you know, totally gun toting survivalist type who doesn't take any shit. I mean, that it's one of my favorite things about that movie is yep. how, they, how, how they reconfigured that character though. From what I heard, 
that was actually closer to what Romero had originally written in the 68 film, but he liked what Judith O'Day was doing better, so he went with that. So, Oh, really? Wow, that's pretty wild. That's that's what I've heard. Mm, I don't know, because Patricia Tallman, I mean, she rocked it. You know, oh, yeah. Barbara with the extra A. Like, everybody gets that wrong. You know, yeah. Barbara, it's just B-A-R-B-R-A. Yep. The original. But uh, anyway, um, well, I remember I was wondering if he had changed it because I remember when the uh, original pilot for Star Trek came out, you know, um, uh, Kirk's number one. Well, Pike, Captain Pike's number one was a woman and women were appalled like, oh, a woman can't be doing that. Oh, OK. And All it right. was like Gene Roddenberry was like, yeah, fuck you, man. Like, you know, when are we going to like move forward in this country? And um, well, there it is. You know, you know, Bill. We're totally getting off the track here, but I don't think so. Re- recent, recently, uh, my girlfriend uh, was going through Star Trek: The Next Generation on Netflix because it was leaving on April first. So she was, she was like plowing through the series. So she was kind of spending most of her time watching it. And I'd never really, I've, I've never been a Trekkie, um, and I never really sat down to watch Next Generation, but. I watched a few episodes with her and sometimes it was just in the background, but I was like paying attention. And I said to her, this show is really positive. In yes. Of, in a lot of ways. I was like, huh? I was like, I think it was going to be more about aliens and more about conflict. And maybe I've just been so indoctrinated with where popular media is right now that <laughs> I was like, wow, this show is actually kind of wholesome and kind of progressive. And some of the stuff that's floating floating by and i think yep. that's 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 pretty refreshing and i can see why she likes it so much because it's 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 like it's not about necessarily conflict it's more about the relationships and how characters work through things um mm-hmm. and you know so i'm like yeah that that's a that's that's kind of something that is missing yeah, yeah it is and but you know you, you have to think of it you're like michael myers and rob zombies halloween he's working through his issues <laughs> In a way, yeah, in a manner of speaking. He's yeah. cutting right through it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so. so Yeah, so that's it, man. That's all I got. I mean, I just really enjoyed it. I was impressed in a way that, you know, I love the look of, um, you know, we're not trashing Carpenter here by any means. Um, you know. Uh, no, he's, he's a good director. We just don't click with Halloween. No, not at all. Not well, at all. It, it looked gonna, good. It looked great. It looked great, but yeah. Dean, Dean Cundy. Yeah. Yep. Oh, jeez, oh, man, he made the thing rock and roll in so many ways. Well, I was going to say, Bill, one quick last thing. So, does Palco like the Rob Zombie Halloween? Yes. This is this is funny because I think we're in a three way agreement here, which sounds kind of sexy. <laughs> he, he he liked Halloween Kills too, so that's like three. We're all three on the same wavelength with this. And I think we all like Jason in space, Jason X. Oh, fuck that movie. I hate that movie. <laughs> that movie's so bad. It's awesome. Streak broken. <laughs> <laughs> You're out, Johnny. You're and, an and, and like that, Bill. <laughs> and like that. We're back to disagreeing again. Yeah. Back to mayhem. Um, <laughs> then I guess it's scream out time. Yeah, do it, man. All right, I'm doing it. Um, my sulter has been gone a long time ago, so I'm dry mouth. So, anyway, I'm going to do my damnedest to not screw this up. These are scream outs <laughs> to wonderful souls on Twitter. I'll give you their handle, a little bit about them. Check them out. Good times, great movies. And they are at GTGM Cast. <laughs> and it's a podcast about the best, but usually the worst, 
of 80s cinema. <laughs> Another one, movies, films, flicks. Yes. Bad movies, horror movies, independent movies, bad independent horror movies. We watch and review them all, and they do. And you could go to movies, films, and flicks with an X.com. Mm-hmm. The great Carla T. Who's she? She's Duke fan, 1909. She's lost in love in movies with JT. And who's that? That's Forever Ryan. Ray, or Forever. Jesus, fuck, I blew it. Forever <laughs> Raven, 99. Oh, my God. And um, all that fun stuff. More movies for you with a 4NDU. Tweeting, retweeting the very best movie content. Please check out our weekly podcast at um, Linktree. More movies for you. Again, with the four and the U. Momzilla NC. <laughs> poet, author, artist, and photographer. Embrace the joy. Uh, she's blissfully married. And she believes in science. And she's a Christian who believes in science. How's, mm. that's, how's not, that's nice. No DMs. You could follow her on Facebook. But definitely check her out. Uh, wonderful soul. Amy Cotto with a K. Damn it. <laughs> and that, who is that? That's TV underscore fanatic underscore girl and she's one writer she's in the trivia horror movies buffy the vampire slayer angel she'll show a snippet of like what what's what episode yeah, what, of buffy episode? was this yeah. and it's like um buffy had her hair up in about 35,000 episodes uh, i don't know i don't know <laughs> i always feel bad like i think i got one in like 10 years you know uh, she also loves her dog and she writes reviews check out her um tv fanatic dot blog and she also has a book, and just check her out. She's fantastic. She does stuff every day. The wonderful, the engaging Suzanne Knight with a K. Uh, she's an author of romance, and but it's romance writing with a twist. She's really fantastic, and you can uh, check out her stuff at romancewritingwithatwist.blogspot.com. She's absolutely wonderful. Fear Frequency Movie, and that is at mm. Fear F-R-E-Q, movie. Uh, Psychological horror, sci-fi, thriller, feature coming soon. Learn more about them by following them on Twitter or go to fearfrequencymovie.com. Last but not least, the wonderful Aussie, Sooty. And that is Sooty, S-O-O-T-Y, Grunter, 7-9. And, you know, she follow you back. She's She's really cool. She's wonderful. She's got these great birds that just sing amazing songs. She loves horror so much. She's really into it. Um, and she's just uh, really a blast. Like, if you're having a bad day, go to uh, Sudi's you know, uh, page on Twitter and uh, you'll feel good about life again. Nice. Yeah. Nice, so that's all I got. Awesome, man. Um, yeah, you can you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Johnny Num. There are no H's in those Johnnies. And you can also find my writing at CrushPalaceProductions.com because Billy is a nice guy and I promise I'll send him something soon. Dude, you got a lot going on. We both had a lot going on in our lives. That's why we haven't been on lately. Uh, not all of it bad, but not all of it good. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's life happens. Life you know? life happens. And we were on like hiatus for three months. Just got a message from Paul J. Williams, who we both love, who I've done films with, wrote with. Great guy. Phenomenal human being. He's like, are you and Johnny still doing the show? I was like, <laughs> uh. And then you're like, hey, Bill, we could do a podcast on Monday. I'm like, all right. So <laughs> you got to do it. Um, yeah. 
Glad we're doing it. Uh, you can follow me at, uh, on Twitter at Crash Palace. I'm at 99,000 followers. I'm getting close, so please, you know, help me out. Um, that'd be great. <laughs> um, you can also follow me on Twitter uh, as um, Noir Kink, uh, links to my thriller novels. And also go to CrashPalaceProductions.com for links to this show and more. A lot of great old content over, my God, 10-year anniversary next year, Johnny. Yeah, I was going to say, I started writing in, for you in 2013, so yeah, I wasn't sure how old the site was, but congratulations, man. Well, you helped make it happen. I mean, like, you know, we started talking and, it, you know, it's like, you guys should do a podcast and look at us now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm like uh, doing that thing where I'm fanning dollar, hundred dollar bills in your direction, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're funny, Johnny. You're too funny. All right. On, On that, that note, note. <laughs> have a good night. You too, Bill. See ya. All right. Bye. Bye. <clears throat>